Go for it. There. Sometimes you learn more from mistakes than you do from trying so hard. So anytime you, anytime you make a mistake before you get upset with it, look at it. Sometimes those mistakes turn into be the best learning devices we have. Hmm. Second episode. Well, uh, you see, I had this goal where I'd like to reach. Well, I wanted to reach about fifty episodes, but making making the content isn't really as easy as it sounds. Um, you know, working two jobs, managing and coordinating, then having time to research and make the content and speak on it. it really, I sound like I'm complaining, but without further ado. Welcome to the Relatable Source. I am your host, Bass, spelt like the instrument, not B-A-S. So please don't ever refer to me in that and don't ever forget that. Now, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is a free thinking, anything goes, relatable communication session where I'd like to get a lot of opinions going. Um, you don't have to pay a cent for this. But I do ask for one thing. If you do get anything out of this that will make you think, agree, disagree, if it makes you angry, if it can be relatable, if it can be informative to your life, or just make you want to bash on the topic, tell a friend. You know, I'd, I'd like to get the word out with this podcast because initially that was my main thought. It's not like I wanted to use this for fame or... Um, have an opportunity to make my pa- my platform gla- greater where I see a lot of um, you know uh, people using this and uh, it's, it's it's interesting in my part because uh, you know I love researching I love finding out new things um, and understanding as much as I can and I like to you know share those opinions and and if not uh, if people can share them as well, it makes me learn as well. So it's like a win-win situation. This is not a motivational podcast just to start off with it. Look, if you're motivated by the things that I mentioned here, beautiful. If you're inspired, even better. But my idea is not to motivate or inspire. Um, I guess, look, inspi- inspiring people is definitely uh, something to go about things, but that's not that's not me. Um, I Look, it, it, in all honesty, I do hate motivational speakers that speak on logical things that we are already doing they're making millions of dollars and then telling you to do something that's so easy yet will never bring you to that standard that they are in you're just going to continue giving them money for the content that they're providing you but we're going off topic now again i would like i said if, if it's something that is of an, of interest to you if it makes you think if it gives you an opinion um i would really appreciate you guys telling someone about this or better yet if you want to help a brother out write a review um on wherever you're listening to this um a rate out of five would be nice you know just saying i uh, wouldn't uh uh look at that lightly it will come straight from the heart for myself and i would really appreciate it so i uh, would just tell me that you know the things that are going on in this podcast that you guys are really enjoying um and that we are moving into the right direction now for this particular topic um uh it was inspired by literally uh see i live with my brother um uh, i visit my parents here and there but i have my mum um come over sometimes mainly on a sunday uh, with her, with her aunt, with her sisters, 
uh, my aunties and my grandma and they'll be over without even me knowing and um, they'll be bringing out the Turkish coffee and um, conversing, sitting down, chilling, talking about the past and how they were brought up. It's, I guess, even some words of wisdom to myself. But at the same time, it's it's really interesting to find out how different generations um, were brought up. But every time you mention that topic, they they have different opinions and and they sort of, um, I guess, have have a harder time explaining how hard it was to live in those times than it is now. You know, we're very blessed with the technology that we have at the moment, the accessibility to information. Pretty much we have so many things going on that we can access at the at the at, at our phones that it's almost impossible not to know. Now, I, with that inspiration, I found myself looking up the differences between each generation and what made them the way they are today. Now, each generation was raised in a different way. And when you bring up the topic of upbringing, it seemed like each each one had a different answer. I always say that this podcast makes me realize how indifferent we all are by the topics that are brought up. But in reality, it's our differences and uniqueness that really makes us the same. An opposite and a negative can, can be attractive, or I think that, that's how it goes. I'm not too sure if I'm on the right track, actually. But you know what I'm saying. Um, now, it literally... It is our differences that make us unique, but at the same time, makes us the same. From relationships to decision-making, to experiences, past, present, and maybe future, could all, could all be linked. But when I had a look into trends, world events, technologies, moral influences, it seemed that each generation's development and upbringing was unique in their own pattern. Now, there is a reason why things happen. Um, and I don't want to, you know, mention the elephant in the room, but, uh, everything happens for a reason. There's no, there's no such thing that, um, happens out of the ordinary. They're all linked somehow. That's, that's a true statement that I would believe in and, and take to the grave with me. Uh, we can't change the past, but we can definitely alter the way we act towards each other. Now, the point of this, uh, topic is to get you thinking and understand the differences of decision-making, uh, personalities, uh, morals, ethical code, and a sort of upbringing that were happening between each generation. And I'm going to be starting off from the 1900s, our grandparents, you know, to our parents and coming up to us and the generation that's after that. So I really hope that you might get something out of it. Now, to start off, um, the first generation is the traditionalist. Born between the year of 1900 to 1945, these people are the oldest living generation and are dropping faster than Middle Easterns finding out that they have to stop going to Centrelink and ask a simple question when the answer is on the app on their phone but uh, to continue on with this now this generation went through World War II the Korean War the end of women's rights movement the Red Scar and the Radio Age and not to mention the Titanic now for all those I'm not mentioning the actual movie you know, that movie was based on a true story, but um, the sinking of the ship, not Jack and Rose and how she had enough room on the boat and didn't end up bringing him up there. So she'd rather see him die. But regardless, um, yeah, it's it's uh, th their parents had them and they had just survived the Great Depression. Now, leaving a lasting impact on this generation as well. Now, this generation was raised in the traditional nuclear family. What I mean by that is... A married man, a woman, 
along with children. Now that's how it was interpreted. At this time, labor unions began to develop. Work was necessary and not meant to be fun. Work was centered around the idea of punch the clock, get the job done. The company came first and seniority took authority. Training was done on the job and schooling was more of a dream than a necessity. Now, work was kept separate from family. These people are hard workers, rule followers, loyal to the game, loyal to the country, duty, confident, respectful of authority, patriotic, conservative, make a lot of sacrifices and overly trusting in authority and hierarchy. Their focus in business is quality, their motivators to work is security, and they value family and community above all else. Now, traditionalists are not very individualistic. They tend to follow the the crowd and do as they're told from all those personality traits that I just mentioned, it kind of makes sense. They, They appreciate attendance, socialization, compliance, and practical knowledge when when traditionalists make a promise they mean to keep it their, their core principles consist of the following the rules conformity dedication and sacrifice unquestioning trust in authority and government duty before pleasure family law and order giving back being important loyalty patriotism wait i didn't say that word patriotism patriotism and patience these people do not deal well with vague orders they don't adapt very well to change and tend to avoid conflict as much as possible as well as confrontation so they tend to make the best out of a bad situation when talking to a traditionalist you'll find that they like to be very discreet formal logical and respectful in regards to their age Basically, it's the same moral as respect your elders. That's that's how it went. And and this is my favorite thing uh, about this this generation is because when I see it in movies, it's always been something that I feel this gener out my generation and the generation um, ahead of mine uh, is missing. For example, they always address themselves to each other as Mister, Mrs. or Miss in that matter if you're not married, and and it it, it just has a sense of respect towards the older generation um, that were at that time. Now, the idea of retirement is to work for a company for 30 years and then retire and live off their pension or savings. They tend to look to history for guidance. However, there aren't too many of this generation left. It doesn't help that because of much financial insecurity, the population of this generation never got very high to begin with for people had fewer children. Now, let's look at the technologies that were made um, around that, that particular generation. You had, honestly, this is what I found so interesting about finding out when I, when I did this research about the different generations to the technology that they had or the, the, the first inventions that were brought up there. So we had in 1901, the electric vacuum cleaner, 1903, first engine powered airplane, 1905, the chainsaw, 1907, the first electric clothes washer 1908 we had ford's model t car the first truly affordable vehicle 1920s we had the invention of modern television 1928 first electric refrigerator 
1930, the modern ballpoint pen. You know, the pen that you guys always lost in high school, primary, or university. Uh, and in 1939, we had the helicopter. Other names for this generation included the veterans, the silent generation, the, the forgotten generation, and the radio babies. Now, we're moving on to the next generation, which is the baby boomers. This generation was born in a huge flux between 1946 and 1964. They called the baby boomers because almost exactly nine months after World War II ended, the cry of the baby was heard across the land. More babies were born in 1946 than ever before. 3.4 million to be exact. 20% more than in 1945. Now, I'm not too sure where this stat came from. I'm assuming it's a stat from the States considering they always get themselves into other countries' business. But I'm just going to sip this tea and continue on um, with this podcast. <laughs> now, this was the beginning of the so-called baby boom. With the end of the big war, babies could be made with less fear and considering the men had to go to war and be in those trenches for years and on end every male was happy to come home and penetrate his wife with his love he thought i was going to say something else now as far as home life goes the traditional family began to fall apart in result of divorce rates skyrocketing if there were two parents involved mothers stayed at home while fathers were breadwinners you know kind of the traditional form of of how family is and how it's thought of between all those movies that you watch back in the 90s or 80s or whatever now because children were seen as a special not like today's day um, an age where they're seen as crack addicts jumping in and ruining everything they were seen as special and needed to be raised with care as the baby boomers came about the development of suburban life increased substantially the baby boomers went through a quiet period of time around the world they lived through the civil rights movement vietnam war cold war with russia and started the space age and space travel the baby boomers are also known as the me generation and are seen as greedy ambitious and materialistic for being taught the world dream and for them grasping that dream as and as children and for actually trying to show or to follow it as if they were growing up in a time where they needed to prove themselves and you know reaching that dream was definitely something that was imprinted in their in their in their minds they were brainwashed to think that being the children of people who went through serious political wars this generation grew into peace-loving anti-war hippies in the 70s and 80s their core values included anti-government, the belief that anything is possible, equal rights and opportunities, personal gra gratification and growth, optimism, the idea of being involved and making a difference, teamwork, and they follow the belief system of spend now, worry later, along with questioning everything. Baby boomers like to work, they're considered workaholics actually, they're seeing as they put 60 hours and more into the work. They actually invented the 50 hour work period, um, or in your case, it would be 48. But, or was it 38? I'm not too sure. But it's around those times. So we know exactly who to thank, sarcastically. Here's a clap for them. You know, for them developing that sort of uh, ideology of work. But 
<sighs> shit has to get done anyway so um congrats and thank you baby boomers now they're driven and work to develop their self-worth and their identity and like to put in quality of work boomers were never good at taking off enough time to spend with their family in fear of losing their place in the field and their motto is that they live to work education to boomers is looked at as a bright light or it's actually a birthright but not necessarily a requirement baby boomers are known for their ability to handle a crisis non-compliance consumerism to be competitive multitasking the development of political correctness rebelliousness rebellious and standing up for what they believe in and being loyal to their children a lot of technology developed in this time period but the major milestones included the microwave in 1950 or the 1950s it wasn't actually 1950 somewhere in the 1950s and in 1957 we had the first satellite launch to space which was Sputnik 1 the Russians got over the Americans now, the baby boomers are huge consumers and still pretty much are. They brought all the rock and roll records, hula hoops, barbies and frisbees for their children, televisions and new cars. If they could buy it, they would. You know, even going as far as buying drugs. As time went on, they, the boomers began to fight for equal rights and forgot about their consumerism a little bit actually. They fought for the right of the LGBT community. Oh, this time it's LGBTQ, ABCD, community. African Americans, women's rights, Mexican immigrants, and much more. Boomers make up a 45% of its working world currently, but it's slowly declining at the moment. Then we move on to the Generation X, or Gen Xers. Gen Xers were born between the years of 1965 and 1980, and I know for a fact that this generation hates my generation with a passion. Known as the post-boomers, Generation X was born to the baby boomers. Because of their parents being such serious workaholics, Gen X learned to balance their personal life and work life better. They also learned to take care of themselves early on. And as for their parents, it wasn't necessary as they for them to do so because Gen X was the first generation to be daycare children since mothers were also expected to work out of their home. With high divorce rates, families had grown steadily away from their normal nuclear family and many single parents started to run the household. Now, now basically this generation watched, um, watched America lose its power or the world lose its power standing globally as their politicians turned to lies and trickery the economy began to turn for the worse as well and gen x's parents were often laid off gen x lived through the watergate scandal now I, you know i kept seeing this this on the news because of everything that's going on in america at the moment but apparently the water the watergate scandal began early in the morning in june 17 1972 where you know you had burglars or several burglars burglars and they were arrested in the office of the democratic national committee located in the watergate complex of buildings in washington dc this was apparently not an ordinary robbery their their prowlers were connected to the president which at the time was president richard nixon 
um, and they wanted to help his re-election campaign. And basically, they, they were caught in wiretapping phones and stealing documents, um, which I'm assuming would be the opposition powers. But you can basically just see at this point that every politician who ever came about from the Generation X and every generation after that was basically a crook, a dickhead who did not care about anyone but themselves, their agenda to come about. And they make themselves seem out there, they're about to, you know, change the world and whatnot. But anyways, that's probably leading more into it, but let's continue on. Now, they had the energy crisis, the moon landing, corporate downsizing, and at the end of the Cold War, so they say that the Cold War has actually ended. You can always tell that Russia and America are still going at it. This generation became known to potentially not do as financially well as their parents did. For They were very cautious with their money. Um, they handled their work life and finances responsibly. They didn't end up paying for everything just like their parents did. Um, they were more savers rather than spenders. Um, and they go by the motto of work smarter, not harder. You know, education was looked at the more important site than it ever was before. A high school diploma was like gold in that time and in the working world. It was, you know, you know how, uh, you know, when, when you graduate university and you go for a job and they always look for that bachelor degree and when you show them that you have that bachelor degree, it kind of puts you a step in the foot of the right direction to get that job. That was basically what a high school diploma got then. Now, because of their upbringing, Gen Xers, they were very self-reliant. That being the case, they often question authority. Like the boomers, they enjoy working, but they hope for a casual work atmosphere. Wish for a more meaningful line of work. They have no issue with moving from job to job. Um, they like to get in, get quality done, and get out. They, they don't have any desire to stick around and smell the roses. Um, don't judge me for saying that particular line. It kind of sounded good while I was typing this up, but at the same time, shut up and continue, all right? So they don't care too much for work advancements as well, but do do care for more life navigation. Core values of Gen X's were balance, diversity, entrepreneurial, fun, education, independence, informality, self-reliance, synchronism, I tried to say that word so many times, synchronism, techno, -com techno literacy, and thinking globally. You know, they, they were, uh, these people were adaptable, they were angry, but don't know why. They were confident, ethical, flexible, focused on results, tend to ignore leadership, pampered by their parents, but have a strong sense of entitlement, unimpressed with authority and skeptical of institutions like to balance work life and personal life and are able to handle responsibility well i you know i can see why others really really fucking hated the hippies they seem annoying regardless of it imagine someone was was coming up to you they don't want to work at all they want to literally just free have a free life and and continue on living thinking everything is going to be spoon-fed to them uh, regardless if they're if they're saving or whatnot, but what, from from what this description is telling me, is that someone will come up to you on the street saying, "Ah, oh, peace, man, peace, man," but at the same time, they're doing nothing to contribute to society. That's just me. That's that's what I'm getting out of it. I didn't live in that time. 
Um, my generation's coming soon, and I'm going to tell you why it's the best generation ever. Uh, but also a generation that has the most pressure in that, in that sense. But like I said, they were pampered by their parents, but they had a strong sense of entitlement. Um, they were hardcore gamers and loved TV shows. Um, they watched MTV, Sesame Street. Shout out to Sesame Street. I did watch that too, actually, when I was a kid. Uh, and, and heaps of the news. You know, they, they were, the, the Game Boy and the PC came out and they were used more than tissue. I'm trying to spice up this podcast by saying jokes, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding how, how, how dry and <laughs> unfunny that really was. But, you know, look, maybe in time we might get better, but we'll see. This time was filled with technology booming, actually, but technology at that time that came to use included the first phone. The first handheld cell phone was 1973. You also had the first personal home computer back in 1976. And in 19, in the back in the 1980s, you had the portable Walkman, which gave way to the iPod, to iTunes, you know, and maybe had an influence to what you're listening to at the moment, the, the sort of um, platform you're listening to. It could be Spotify, iTunes, whatever. But 1980s was the portable Walkman. Now, Generation X is obsessed with email. I don't know why. Every time I come into work and I see my emails packed in, I'm, I, I almost go in a depressive state automatically. You know, it's it's like bound to happen. When I come into work and I see my emails rising, it's it's almost like, oh. all right, here we go. But they they like to be communicated that in that in that sense often and and in in a concise manner. They they work to live but they are not loyal to the companies that train them. See, that's another thing. When, when I was researching this, it, first of all, it told me that one, they were they didn't like work, they were hippies. And then you had this idea that they, they, they loved work and they wanted to be um, approached in a concise manner. But Gen X is known as possibly as one of the most misunderstood generations, which preached to that, you know, that was, it was, a, it was a roller coaster with what I was going through with that moment because when I was researching it, I was like, what the hell is going on? I was going to say finally, but this is the second last generation that we have at the moment and we have the millennials. Pretty much the famously hated on millennials. Um, you always have that distinct measure, but these these people were born between 1981 and 2000. They, are, they, had, they had many nicknames of the generation, which... Let me just start off. I am proud to be a part of. By the same time, I wish I wasn't. You know, I always thought of myself as an old soul. I always thought that, you know, the 1940s looked good. But at the same time, the, the only the only reason why I say that is because when I looked at movies and I see them all dressed in suits, you know, slicked hair back. But no one had a beard is what I noticed. But they did have that mustache, which, you know, I could work with. I could work with. You, you would go to the bank, you would dress... You'd be dressing in a suit. Even gangsters were wearing suits and fedoras. The, the, the fashion game was was on, on, on another level. But the nicknames, and you, just, just hold on to this. These are the nicknames that we'll go about, which I have no, no re recollection of hearing them. All I know is that we're millennials. But this is the nicknames that our, um, my generation is known for. We have Generation Next or Nexters, Echo Boomers, Chief Friendship Officers, and 24 sevens 
you're probably thinking chief friendship officers but apparently that's because of how much we desire equality and how forced we are to be politically correct and 24 sevens we never sleep which preach to that technology keeps every one of us or every one of our generation up when some of us finally sleep the rest wake up to text on their phones families of millennials are merged with others mixed and often led by single parent or grandparents our major i couldn't say that word even when i did the testing our major worldly influences included 9-11 terrorism digital media school shootings mainly in america you don't really see that in, in um australia the land down under which thank god for that but i mean we're smart enough to take away guns and they just want to continue on with it but that's on them you know basically growing up as children of divorcees there was that aids epi epidemic at that time gay marriage legalization police violence black lives matter with um tv talk shows and so much more but the world seems to be getting more and more busy with issues we look at the world and and, and see all the ugly and hope that we can do some something to make a change on that which you know I, I, do, I do agree with that and this might come from a biased statement or a biased bystander but at the same time i always see that our generation are finding solutions or strategies to pretty much fix all the fuck-ups that happened with the previous generation yeah people smoking as if they were chewing gum back then pollution they did not give a fuck about it and there's a reason why climate change is happening at the moment the environment everyone everything is polluted um the reason why there's a lot more healthier options is because everyone ate like a pig back then and they did not care but apparently everything tasted better back then which i kind of see why because everything was sugar now we want to be the next great generation we we grew up sheltered and coddled if our parents wanted to do anything they could to protect us from the cruelties of the world if if I can add on to that, I remember when my family were fleeing the war in the Middle East. Um, at the time, I was about, I think, six or seven. Um, I was born in Iraq, and my dad came up to me, and I had no idea the war was happening. I knew there was tension. I knew there was tension happening between America and Iraq, but I had no idea it was big. You know, I could barely think for myself to begin with. My dad came up to me, and he's like, we got to move. I gotta move out we gotta go because they gave me a, a new opportunity at work in syria when i read that the first thing that came to mind was i knew that it snowed in syria sometime so i was stoked i was i was going off and when we did go there we went illegally my dad's mate ended up getting a car and drove us across the border um, we lived in a very poor neighborhood but it was very communal and everyone loved each other this family um, helped us out so much um, it was a it was my dad's friend's friend who brought us in um, his daughters uh, basically there was because I had I had two brothers and my other cousins and he had daughters galore he, he basically wanted to marry us off with them instantly I don't know why he just automatically knew that we were right for his daughters but the fact is that this guy walked in and the first thing that i could remember is i needed to say hi and the way you say hi back in the middle eastern household you have to give two kisses on each cheek right um that was just the syrian household 
And when it came to when it came time to girls, I was shy as hell, and I knew for a fact my brothers were, and as well as my cousins. But we had to do it, and when we did it, it was like, that's it. Marriage request has been granted, and this is what what's going to be happening. But anyways, we fled to Syria. We stayed there for about eight months, and we were basically at that time. I just I was just thinking about my dad and his work. I was going to school as if nothing happened, but I was I would be seeing tanks on the street. I'd be seeing tanks on the street and thinking nothing of it. Um, we lived, like I said, we lived in a two-bedroom apartment with ten people in it, including my cousins. And at the time, yeah, they 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 meant my parents mentioned nothing about the war. Um, all I would all I'd be hearing is about my dad and his work, which in reality he was basically getting um, immigration to accept us to either come to Australia. We had we had a decision coming either to Australia or America, but I think we made the right decision. Um, so shout out to all the parents that would stop at nothing to find peace and safety for their families. You know it's uh, incredibly hard. I can't even imagine uh, me going to that extent, or you know, for for my future family. But I know my dad. He he basically you know it's the same saying he uh he walked so we can run we're, we're ambitious and have big dreams but uh often unfocused and need guidance we're, we're stuck to our gadgets and reliant on our parents we've had superior education which is now looked at as a requirement to succeed in life work for millennials is much like how it is for gen x it's, it's a way to live Millennials are huge fans of diversity and multiculturalism. We strive for equality and think globally. We we are undeniably obsessed with our technology and have never lived without the existence of computers. But on the bright side, it's made education better than it's ever had throughout all of history and made the generation very innovative and, and good at multitasking. And after being sheltered all our lives, we've come out of our boxes and are very politically savvy, team-oriented, open to new ideas, as well as very patriotic. We are known as self-entitled and self-observed, often theorized to be the result of the children of our generation being rewarded for simple attendance and participation, which which definitely I can agree on. Back when I was like, I was what, I was six. I was in a soccer. I was in a soccer team. I barely played because they didn't want the guy wearing glasses playing. And I would get a medal because I was part of the team. I participated by sitting down and watching the game. Um, but yeah, millennials have a lot going on. They work hard to pal- to balance their personal life, work, and community. They often test authority while at the same time looking for authority figures for help. Like the previous generation, they like to punch into work and get the job done and then leave for the day they they sought out for more meaningful work rather than just work in general and actually preferred to have a job they love than a job that pays well um core values to millennials include achievement civic duty overconfidence fun high morals tolerance competition attention technology education spiritualism realism street smart and sociability millennials hate to be talked down to in a positive manner they would like manners and friendliness private messaging is preferred and all, all thought it has to be positively spoken to and uh, also sharing optimism and they appreciate humor and making situations lighthearted. now I would assume innovation 
has been the greatest with this generation because we were just gifted with the technology that we were provided and then you have uh, but some of the some of the developments that happened during this period were in 1983 you had the cds for music and the most innovative thing in my opinion that's ever happened in history in 1989 we had the world wide web the internet came to life in 1989 and i personally believe that millennials have the highest potential of all the generations past that can make good changes to the world and finally we have the dickheads <laughs> the little shits generation z born after 2000 not enough is really known about the generation except for they are very similar to millennials apparently as time commences more will be discovered but um, in a nutshell gen z is part of a generation that is global social visual and technological they are most connected educated and sophisticated generation ever they are the up ages with influence beyond their years they are the tweens the teens the youth and young adults of our global society they are the early adopters the brand influencers the social media drivers the pop culture leaders they comprise nearly 2 billion people globally and they don't just represent the future they they're creating it gen z have been born into the crisis of period of terrorism the global recession and climate change isn't exactly bad considering previous generation dealt with world war ii yet world war ii world war one the korean war the great depression you know 9 11 and so forth um they're predicted to spend the young adult years in a time of economic and social renewal and they're also living in an era of changing household structures and are the students of today and you verse <laughs> ah when i read this i started laughing so Look, it's true, but it just sounds so corny. They're the students of today and university graduates, employees and consumers of tomorrow. I've got to say one thing, though. This generation has to chill with the lip syncing. Musically, TikTok. It's cringy. You know, stop it. Get some help. But in reality, after looking into each of, this gen each of these generations, I found myself much more understanding as to why older and younger generations do things the certain ways and it brought up to that conversation that started in the beginning where my my aunties my mom my grandma would be uh, yeah you'd have two three different generations actually including myself speaking on their past life and and how their influence their decision making their, their personalities started to uh, grow through through the timelines that they lived in but in reality it's again it's our indifferences and uniqueness that makes us the same each generation is different and different is okay but what's important is that we'll work together to understand each other and continue to work for our planet to be better and to be a better place so that the next generation can lead happy lives you can see why people are fighting for this climate change thing because and there's so much controversy with it that really i don't want to touch point in but i kind of see why they're bringing it up after you know researching this this particular topic but um all in all look guys thank you so much for listening to my second podcast uh i do i do appreciate it look if if i do post this a bit later on than the second um just know that that's 
me not being very manageable with my podcast but at the same time if this is the fourth time that you've listened to it or this is the fourth episode that you've listened to it and I keep saying episode two don't worry about it this is not a serious uh, it's more you know relatable topics that we can talk about and we can have different opinions on and share it if I can um, spare one thought and put my put in my plug look I do have two Instagrams if you want to see my face and you want to see put a put a face to this voice I do have an Instagram it's Booz95, B-O-O-Z, that's B for Bob, O-O-Z for Xanax, no, <laughs> for uh, Zebra95, again, that's Booz95, and I do have a uh, Instagram page for this lovely podcast, it's called The Relatable Source, T-H-E, Relatable Source, as in the ketchup source not source um but yeah look if you can um help and support by following i really appreciate it like i said if you if you found something that you got out of this podcast um please do leave a comment um explaining your thoughts i would love to know because i honestly I'll, I'll it's not just myself preaching this it's not just me providing this information i'd like i'd definitely like to know different opinions and that's it's it's like i said it's a win-win situation when both parties are winning um But yeah, again, thank you so much for listening.